RadioInfluence.com. Actor, director, producer Kevin Sorbo didn't leave anything on the cutting room floor in dissecting the critical state of America today on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. Quiet on the set. Action! Kevin Sorbo's life literally has been filled with action all along the way. From a print-slash-TV model to a TV and film star to the producer-director of more than 50 films. And get this! Kevin was canceled by Hollywood probably before cancel culture actually existed. Why? Because of his Christian conservative points of view. But that didn't stop Hercules of the legendary Journeys television series. His voice cannot and will not be silenced. Kevin has a lot to say. So let's get into it. While attending Minnesota State University Moorhead, he worked as a model in print and television to pay tuition costs, which swiftly translated into a television career making his first appearances on primetime shows Murder, She Wrote, which is one of my favorite all-time shows, and The Commish. In 1993, he became a full-fledged international TV star when cast as Hercules in a series of TV films that laid the groundwork for the immensely popular show Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. He made appearances in the spinoff series Xena, Warrior Princess, later starred as Captain Dylan Hunt in the science fiction drama series Andromeda, guest starred on sitcoms like Two and a Half Men and had a recurring role during the OC's final season. His first leading film role came in 1997 in the fantasy action movie Call the Conqueror. What we've seen on screen carried over to off screen as he now produces films such as being the executive producer and star of the movie, Abel's Field. He's authored the wisely prayed book, True Strength, that chronicles his painful recovery from serious health setbacks that changed his life during his Hercules years. Always involved in causes he believes in, he has been the spokesperson for organizations such as the After School Alliance and A World Fit for Kids. And then there's his sterling work in the Christian arena, which started with films such as God's Not Dead and Let There Be Light, which he also directed. Along these lines, you've got to check out SorboStudios.com. Since I began doing this podcast in September of 2021, he has been the most requested guest who hadn't appeared on the broadcast. Well, that ends right here, right now, as I'm very happy to bring to the show actor, director, producer, my Christian brother, and a great patriot, Kevin Sorbo. How are you, Kevin? That's a heck of an intro. I like that. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, it started with my very first show. I had Morgan Brittany on my first show with Nick Searcy. They were two of my first guests three years ago. I'm being Hollywood people. I said, I got to do this right. So I got used to it from then, and I try and give you guys your due because you deserve it. 
Uh, I'm going to do something I've never done before. Usually we talk to the guests and then ask a few questions. And then I give what I call the mic drop. And the mic drop is when I'll just say one or two words and let you freestyle. And usually I let the guests get into it. But in your case, I've decided we've got to do the mic drop first. So you ready? Here's your mic drop. A few words and you can freestyle. And you'll understand why I started with this. Your mic drop. Cancer, cancel culture, because that's what Hollywood did to you. Yeah, um, I think I think I was part of the cancel culture world before it actually became a term. Uh, it's been about 11 years ago. My manager and agent called me in and they said, I thought it was an intervention of some sort. So I'm going, well, let's wait. Now. I don't do drugs. I'm not a drinker. OK, what's the problem? Am I working out too much? Um, they said uh, being a Christian, uh, Christian in the business and being conservative in, in the business in Hollywood, she goes, they said it's just not a good mix. And we're going to have a hard time getting out to, uh, to and auditions from here on in. So we're going to have to part ways. And I was like, wow, mm. uh, you, you guys are the ones who scream for tolerance all the time. You know, uh, be tolerant of this, be tolerant of that. But it's obviously, as you know, it's a one way street in Hollywood, which is really sad to me because, uh, uh, you know, I don't I don't harbor that anger and that hatred that uh, the left seems to harbor for, you know, People like me. I mean, I, 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 you have a different point of view. Fine, let's discuss it and have a good conversation about it. I don't. I, I'll. I, there's just so much hate and anger out there, and I don't. I don't. I don't have that kind of world, and it's just I don't want to live in that kind of world either. So, um, it sucked. But I tell you, I love the business, so I kept on plugging away and started doing my own thing. And uh, I've been, you know, since we parted ways, I've shot over, probably over 50 movies since I've left Hollywood. I hear you. Now, as it applies to cancel culture, what is it? And are you stunned that in our lifetime, something such as this, where people, whoever the powers would be, actually try and cancel somebody to basically wipe them out where they either can't have a career or if they have a career, nobody will know about it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it amazes me. Here's the thing. These people that these trolls that are probably th- mid 30s living in their mom's basement and their, their computer, they're living up George Soros's money and your tax dollars and my tax dollars. Um, these guys to sit there and have the power and they, they have, they have hurt me. There's no question. I mean, I, there, there are comic cons now that won't invite me because, oh, we've got people that are saying, oh, we can't, you can't have them come there. We're going to ride if he shows up, you know, I've done like five comic cons this year, you know, and uh, nobody, none of that happens. There's no riot. There's nobody running up the table saying, I hate you. Fans come up to me. People aren't fans. They go to another actor they're fans of. That's the way Comic-Cons work. So I've never, ever had a problem. In one public, one time in 10 years, somebody's come up to me at a at an airport and got in my face. Other than that, 99.9% of the time, people come up and say, we love what you're doing. We love the movies you're doing. We love that, you know, you're, you got a voice out there. Keep up the fight. We're with you all the way. So uh, it's it, it's frustrating for me. Here, I I should be able to face my accusers. They know who I am. I don't know who they are. And mm-hmm. I'm not looking for a fight. I'm looking for a discussion in common ground here. But maybe we need these people that want to go back 10, 20, 30, 40 years, not on me, on anybody now, because that's what we're doing. Uh, 40 years ago, you flirted with a girl in college and she didn't like it, you know. And it's amazing to me. These people must be perfect human beings, perfect examples of, you know, the Bible says, you know, ye without sin cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. Well, they must be the stone casters because they have nothing that they're they've ever done in their life that has been bad. I mean, it's just it's amazing to me that we even have to go through this right now. Right. You see, and that's part of the problem, Kevin, is that it's a one way street. See, they yeah. have the media behind them, so they get to put what they think of us out there. 
but like we don't necessarily have the opportunity or the venue to put out stuff about them because if they got it back, I think it would change things because they'd realize I have as much to lose by putting out something that probably isn't even true about him. He's going to put out something that's true about me. Yeah, I'm thinking most of these people haven't accomplished anything positive in their lives anyway. So these are miserable people. These are people that uh, are the ones that want to blame God or blame a God they don't believe in for their problems. They want to blame family, friends, the world, the government, uh, everybody else. Everybody else's problem that their dreams didn't turn out. You know, everybody, um, everybody's going to run into roadblocks in your life. But these are the people that maybe failed once and gave up on life after that. I'm a 13-year-old overnight success. I didn't let Hollywood beat me down. Every time I got a no or a rejection, it just motivated me to keep on plugging. And I think that's what we got to to try to get people to get back into doing again instead of just giving up on life so easily. And that's where these haters come from. And it's 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 really it's really too bad. But, uh, you know, I, I thank God that I'm able to keep on working, that I'm, I'm able to, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone every day. I work seven days a week. Um, I've shot two movies already this year. I got three more lined up. In fact, I leave tomorrow to go shoot one. And uh, I'm just not on a wood that I'm still staying busy. I may not be you know, the next Mission Impossible or Top Gun, but I do movies that have a good message, a positive message, because I want to do movies that are about hope and love, redemption, uh, laughter, things that made me want to be an actor in the first place. There we're going. We're going to get into that. And since we're on this Hollywood tip right now, uh, Hollywood, as we know, ostracizes conservatives. But as you found out, Hollywood ostracizes Christians. And you were quoted at one time saying, there's a negativity towards Christians in Hollywood and a negativity towards people who believe in God. Please unpack that for us. Um, I've had it come back to me a number of times, a number of different places where they sit there and go, you know, look, I did a movie called Soul Surfer. I know they get mad at me for talking about this, but the reality is it was a great movie, wonderful movie in the life of Bethany Hamilton, the 13 year old surfer in Hawaii who lost her arm to a tiger shark attack. I started it with the amazing Helen Hunt and Dennis Quaid. Um, it was just a great cast to be part of. But they actually blur. Dennis Quaid plays the father of Bethany, and they're at the, the, the bedside in the hospital while she's recovering. And they had the Bible. You can tell it's a Bible. You know what a Bible looks like. They actually took the time to blur out the word Holy Bible. And I was like, really? And they were really concerned about saying Jesus Christ too many times in the movie. And being the smartass that I am, I walked up to them and I to the people of powers that be there, and I said, so I need to understand this, okay? So what you're saying is um, you want us to take out some of the Jesus Christ reference, but if I say it as a swear word, you're okay with that then, right? And they go, yeah, we're fine with that. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> my, wife, my wife walks with me. She goes, you're such a smartass, because I just did a great job acting there. They thought I was dead serious when I was really being sarcastic, and it points out the ridiculousness and craziness of a world. If you don't believe in God, fine, don't believe in God. You don't believe in Jesus, don't believe in Jesus. But the reality is, even the, the biggest atheist in the world, like a singer and Dawkins and Hitchens, they know that there was a prophet named Jesus. There was a man named Jesus that walked this planet, so get over it, okay? Right, living, and, uh, right. Yeah, you know, so so to me, it's like, um, if you're a non-believer, you're a non-believer. I do the best I can in harvesting and what we're supposed to do in, as, a, as a Christian. I don't push it on anybody, but I think through my movies, I think the message is always going to be in there and sneak up on you. It was in movies like Green Book, which is a fantastic movie. Blindside with Sandra Bullock, fantastic movie. The message was there, even though it wasn't like in your face. And I get it. I don't. I don't want to do movies that are, you know. I get sometimes my atheist friends say, "Well, you know, we get you got you got some Christians out there 
that, you know, think they're the greatest things in the world. And, you know, I go, you know, well, you're right. There's bad apples on both sides of the fence of everything and every job in the world. And we as Christians, we are supposed to look at the uh, the log in our own eye, not the speck in our brothers. You know? So um, I am not perfect by any means. I don't, I've never claimed to be perfect. In fact, I screw up every day and I've screwed up a lot in my life. I think I, I know I've been forgiven, uh, I, but I probably have a harder time forgiving myself than God has in forgiving me. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes we struggle with that because even though we know we, we're, we're covered by Christ's imputed righteousness, because yeah. we still sin, we realize, you know, we need a Savior. We need a Savior badly. You know, your wife, uh, Sam Jenkins, uh, actress, uh, Sorbo now, uh, she said to you, you, you really acted well when you uh, did that little thing with these people about uh, being a wise guy. I want to play up on that. And what was it like to play an atheist college professor in the Christian film God's Not Dead, who required of his students to disown their religions on the first day of class, being that you personally are completely on the opposite end of that spectrum? Was that a difficult thing to play an atheist professor or is it you're just a great actor and you just do what you do? You know, my mom said after she saw the movie, she called me up and she goes, I really hated you in that role. <laughs> That's great. That's, that means you did a great job. <laughs> I did a good job, mom. Exactly what I said. That was the best critic I could have had. I did a movie with these guys. This is a Pure Flix movie. Um, they've recently sold their company to Sony Affirm. Sony Affirm works with the Kendrick Brothers. They do movies like War Room and Courageous. Yeah. I've seen uh, all their movies. Yeah. I, uh, I did a movie about two years earlier than that uh, with those guys, the same writers, it was called What If, Dallas Jenkins directed it. Dallas is now doing The Chosen, which mm -hmm. is just exploding around the globe. Um, Dallas is the son of Jerry Jenkins, and we'll get to that later, because he wrote, Jerry Jenkins was part of the team with LaHaye that wrote the Left Behind books. Um, but uh, they call, I love What If, so if you haven't seen What If, I, I'm telling people right now, watch this, listen to this, in my book, I've shot over 70 movies. I would put What If in my top three, even higher than God's Not Dead. God's Not Dead certainly in my top 10. Um, but What If is a fantastic movie, but it shows you the difficulty of trying to get these low budget. They don't look low budget. They look great. Um, I mean, God's Not Dead, $2 million budget made $140 million worldwide. So, um, you know, we need word of mouth. But What If, to me, was even a better movie. So when they approached me and said, hey, we got this movie where you play an atheist college professor. And I said, isn't that redundant? All you got to do, <laughs> right. do is say college professor. Uh -huh. but, but anyway, um, I read the script and I said, yeah, I want this part. This is I, I love this. They were hoping to make 10, 11 million dollars total on this movie in theaters. It opened that it made that opening weekend. I mean, it just struck a nerve with people and it just took off. Um, I love the character. I love that there's redemption with the character because um, I think there's redemption in all of us. I think there's hope for all of us. I think the world right now is more than anything is missing hope. And missing love and missing laughter, but um, uh, it, it was it was I really enjoyed playing that role. And uh, we can maybe talk about it later. But I did a movie called Let There Be Light. Right, not I, right. I brought it up an extra latch. Bring that in right now. Tell us about Let There Be Light and where that went. Well, Let There Be Light. Um, my wife wrote it. Um, we got a hold of a dear friend of us, Dan Gordon. Dan Gordon's an Academy-nominated writer. He wrote. Um, the Hurricane for Denzel Washington, that was up for original screenplay. Denzel won the best actor right. in that. Ruben Hurricane Carter. Fire, yeah. Kevin Costner's movie, and Dan Gordon was also the showrunner, Highway to Heaven. He wrote 60 episodes of Michael Landon's series. So he did the rewrite on it. And I got a call when the script was done by from um, from Sean Hannity. And I wasn't surprised. I've been, on all the, I've been on every one of the Fox and Fox business peoples at one time or another. 
and I wasn't surprised he had my number through the you know the publicist there. And I said, he said, hey, I love that God's Not Dead movie, What If, and Soul Surfer. Do you have something like that? And I said, well, actually, I do. And I told him about Let There Be Light. So uh, we flew to New York. We pitched him. Boom. He he put the money up for the movie right away. Mm. And one of the blessings of Sean, he said, I know nothing about your business. Okay. Uh, I don't need to see dailies. You don't need to send me everyday pictures. When the movie is done and ready to go into movie theaters, then show it to me. And I said, Sean, you're my most favorite executive producer I've ever met. My mm-hmm. Left us alone. For people who don't know about executive producers, yeah. they're usually on set going, ah, yep. you're wasting my money. Why aren't we shooting? So, um, but uh, the movie is a partial true story um, based on a man that uh, was one of the one of the biggest atheists in the world. And he was very successful at writing books about that. And he has a life-changing experience that challenges his worldview. And um, I directed it as well. And it, uh, it was a wonderful movie. It lasted about four months in theaters. Came out three years ago already, three and a half years ago. So if you haven't seen Let There Be Light, go check out Let There Be Light as well. It's a wonderful movie. It's, uh, it'll make you laugh, make you cry, make you cheer. I mean, it's one of these movies that are really good family movies that people that there's 80 million homes out there that want these kind of movies and Hollywood is ignoring that. Right. They couldn't care less because they know. In fact, every time a wholesome or Christian or family movie comes out, they're like, why are they making a movie like this? And then it sells. And then there's I've been told from all my active friends, then they're stunned that, that it makes money. And they're, over stunned. And over again they're stunned. And what's the most recent big block? Uh, Top Gun. Yep. Top Gun was unbelievable. You stood up and cheered. I mean, here was a great movie. Didn't have some agenda pushing that way, pushing this, pushing pronouns, pushing whatever the stupidity of everything in the world right now. It was just a great movie. And what happened is, you know, it's making billion dollars and more. I mean, it shows once again Hollywood to wake up and start making movies that that the majority of the people want to go to. I'm not saying don't make this kind of movie or that kind of movie. I'm not telling people how to make the movies. But I am saying that they need to make more movies like the ones I do and like the one that Tom Cruise just did. I think Tom Cruise gets it. Would you agree with most of the people that I've talked to from Hollywood? And as I said, we've talked about a couple of them. I mentioned, I mentioned Morgan Brittany and Nick Searcy, who've been on the show several times, both. And they say, you know, like over the 75 years, the, the Marxist influence in Hollywood, the communist influence of where the studios used to be uh, patriotic and there were guys that had come from Europe and running studios and there was a patriotism in the 50s and 60s, but it changed. And now it's it's not even about us anymore. No. Don't you love the hypocrisy, though? They sit there and they, they can tout the benefits of socialism and communism, which have never worked. In fact, right. they, uh, combined the last century, they killed over 100 million people. But let's not talk about that. Um, but at the same time, they want their stocks to go up. Uh they they, they, they they love capitalism, but they pretend like they don't. And I've got friends like that in the industry, too. And I go, well, you should give, get rid of your money. You made so much money. Just get rid of it. Take mm-hmm. take the minimum. Take I don't know what the average salary in America is, 50 grand a year. I don't know what it may be. Just knock yourself down that and give your millions away because you should feel guilty for the success you've had. You should pay more taxes because I've had them say that, too. You know, oh, we, sh- we should pay our taxes. I'm all for paying taxes, but I'd rather have us decide where that money should go and not the government, because uh, the government is very good and very wasteful and very corrupt, as we keep seeing played out over and over again. Right. And as as the late, great Margaret Thatcher said, uh, the problem with socialism is you run out of other people's money. Now, I'm hoping people understand, haven't seen the prosperity under President Trump, that they realize 
This next administration, the Biden administration, couldn't be able to give all this money to their government programs if the United States wasn't prosperous. And that's what you were saying. See, the problem is the very people who are for socialism, for communism, they realize you have to have capitalism first to run it because you got to have some money to because government doesn't make money. It spends money. Who is the most successful communist country in the world right now for the last 40 years? I'm not sure the answer. I know Venezuela used to be very successful. Well, they're not successful at all anymore. I know. The go- are you talking about, oh, you mean right now? Right okay. now. China. China. Right. Their, their government is co- communist for the whole people of that land, the billions of people. But they, they, they love capitalism. They love money. And um, it's, it's, once again, it just shows you the hypocrisy of, of all of this stuff. And people need to wake up. And I keep telling my, my socialist friends, Nobody's taking boats from Key West to Cuba. There's a reason for that. Right. Okay? And you know, right. And what's what I don't quite understand is they should be able to look at Venezuela and Cuba and look at any China, look at any, go back to Germany, look at any socialist communist country. You don't get the wealth. It's only the ruling class that gets the wealth and everybody else gets to be equally poor. And it amazes me that they think it can be different here. No, you useful idiots get lined up and shot. There, there's an ignorance. It really comes down from, it comes from the, our, our school system is so flawed. And it's just, that is accelerated on itself to, to keep uh, the, the, um, the, these kids under control of the government, which is really sad. I say get rid of school, go to homeschooling. We're homeschool advocates, you gotta do that. I've shot movies in Romania. I've shot in Bulgaria. I've shot in Bratislava, Slovakia. I've shot in the Republic of Czech. You look at countries that were under the Russian rule for 50 years after World War II. And you go through there and where the, where's the money? The money is where all the government buildings were. Mm-hmm. They actually would, there are parts of those cities that they just wiped out 400 year old buildings, wonderful buildings, and put up just just big old rectangular buildings with no, no nothing to it, just little housing for people to have, little housing. I'm telling you, the room I'm in right now in this, in this porch is bigger than a couple of, of homes that I went to visit when I was shooting overseas in the Eastern Bloc. I got invited by extras or cast members or things like that, and I uh, went to the house, and you walk in, you go, this is what they, this is what they were forced to live with. This is the, they, their, their dreams, because all communism socialism does, it just squashes dreams. It takes away hope. It takes away drive. It takes away, uh, you know, motivation. And, um, you know, right now, if you follow the American dream, you get chastised for it. People attack you for following the American dream. And for hundreds of years, it was the best thing in the world. That's why people moved here. Now we're telling people just come across the border illegally. Don't worry, we'll take care of you. And we're going to end up exactly what Maggie, Fa- Maggie Thatcher said. You're right about that. And as you know, as Karl Marx showed us, there's two things you got to do to make government your daddy. You got to get rid of God because people are either going to look to a the sustenance from benevolent God or government, but not both. And you got to get rid of the guns because when they find out you lied to them and now you have you're in tyranny, you want to fight back. So my question is, the left's assault, is it fair to say, is really against God because he must be removed in order for the state to become all powerful and have control because you can't have the state control if the Church of Jesus Christ actually exists and vibrant in a country. Well, here's the irony again. The entire um, 
founding of our country, Judeo-Christian beliefs. I mean, you look at Harvard and Yale and all the Ivy League schools, yes. hundreds of years, they're now taking down anything that's religious on the walls. And, and they were named after. after I know. Boys. And who, who, <laughs> made, who, made, who was responsible for the vast majority of hospitals in America? The Jewish community and the Christian and the Christians. Community. Simple yep. as that. Simple as that. How many Muslim hospitals do we have in America? I'm just asking a question. This isn't like anti-Muslim, okay? I know most Muslims aren't bad. Just like most, most any, any race of people aren't bad. There's always bad news. But I don't see anything in, in America that's got any of that stuff. I mean, it's amazing to me. And um, I, to me, it's, it's, it's this whole erasure of history. You look at Orwell, he was right. 1984, he wrote that decades ago. And he's right because he said, they're going to tear down the statues. They're going to rewrite history. They're going to change. They're going to take away God. They're doing all those things, and they're doing it now. What is the first thing that they cut down during the pandemic? Was shut the churches down. They're not essential. The strip bar is, of course. The strip oh bar. yeah, they, the yeah. liquor store is. Liquor store. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. but but the mom and pop grocery store, no. But Gone. Target can stay open. Costco can stay open. It's it's. Don't people see? What is it that people don't see? Why can't they open their eyes and go, wait a minute, something's going on. I think they're starting to wake up a little bit now because of what they just did for the last couple of years to everybody here. And they want to bring it back again because we got another election coming up. So they want more control. Fear is their favorite weapon. Fear is an amazing weapon. I got on a plane the other day. This woman got on. She had the double mask. She had a shield. 95% of people <laughs> playing weren't wearing any mask whatsoever. But this yeah, woman yeah. living in total fear. I got to give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she has cancer. Maybe I don't. You know, you got to sit there and go, okay, if you're still going to do that, there, there must be something here. But I, I laughed and somebody said, well, it's so easy to pick out the liberals now walking around. I said, it's it's so much easier because they're going to wear the mask all the time. I got taken down to Facebook because I posted what doctors were saying around the world. I say, hey, these doctors are saying this about mask wearing. Hey, these doctors are saying this about ivermectin. And then, boy, they came after me. All right. That's misinformation. Go. I go, I'm not saying, why can't I put, these are what these people are saying, not me, even though I believed what they were saying. I just said, you know, take a look at this. But then they took me down because Zuckerberg, that little wuss, you are, I wish he was watching. Zuck, you watching? You and I need to have a beer sometime. Because, boy, you, you uh, these, these billionaire socialists, they don't live that way, do they? No. They got their private yachts, their private planes, their five houses around the world. And once again, the hypocrisy. It's the only word I can come up with these people because they are the epitome of what that word definition means. By the way, I got to warn you, Kevin, if some of these if some of these uh, big tech guys invite you to have a beer with them, take a cup beer. <laughs> take somebody to test your beer. <laughs> you know, uh, what, what's interesting about what you just said is this is we have. It's the same thing they did with the election fraud. You, they, they're only going to allow one side. Now, the vaccine. Did you have a problem with the handling of the vaccine? Because I brought on people just like with the, uh, you know, with the virus and the election fraud. I brought on people that are giving the side that this vaccine was not safe, that this vaccine is causing people to die. Gave the proof, brought on doctors, and you're allowed to believe one, believe what they say, or believe what the other. But listen to all the facts. But they they want to they want to keep this on one side. It seems. It's once again it's power. It's what fear and power and control over all our lives. Look, you got Fauci coming out back in 2017. There's a great video out there. You can track it down and find it. He says that there will be there will be a uh, pandemic. I saw it. This. Yeah. He called it. They they were so cocky and arrogant about it, and then. And the same breath, 
uh, somebody asked him about vaccines and, you know, making drugs and all these kind of things. And he talked about what you have to do before you get at the public. The process. He talked about, he talked about seven to 10 years, seven yes. to 10 years of testing mm -hmm. before he threw it out there. They did this thing in less than a year, threw it out there. We became the guinea pigs for these guys. I know people that have died from the vaccine. I know that. I got a friend who his wife was pregnant, six months pregnant. I begged and pleaded, look, if she wants a shot, take it after she has the birthday. Didn't wait. Wait until the baby's born. Didn't wait. Had the vaccine. Within three weeks, that baby died. They did an autopsy. The baby was filled with blood clots. Explain yep. that to me. There are athletes. It's on film over in Europe. Soccer players, 25-year-old, physically fit guys, yes. running 100 meter dashes, dying on the field, dropping, have taken the shots. You tell me why they're not showing more and more of this or talking about more. They're it's getting out there. More people are discovering it now, but it's not in mainstream media. And I got to keep asking why. Isn't there one person in the liberal press that's going to jump out and say, guys, we've got to talk about this, but there's no ethics anymore. And I, I, are they all being paid off? I mean, I don't know. I don't know why that when 95 percent of the press is being controlled by socialists and liberal communists, whatever the combinations may be. Why can't you get just a handful of these people that just come up and be honest? I don't I don't understand why we're why we're not telling the truth about what's going on out there. I'm going to answer this question this way. All it, all it would have taken was Kyrie Irving, who did not take the jab or the stab. Yeah. Of, all he had to do, or any professional athlete, as it involves the vaccine, as it involves Black Lives Matter being a communist front group, as a Chinese communist front group at that, as it involves any group of prominent Actors, actresses, athletes, politicians, anybody that's in the public eye just banding together where you have strength in numbers and saying, I don't know what the necessarily truth is, but I've read this, I believe this, and we need to sit down and have a discussion about it. But as you know, yeah. the leagues, just like Hollywood, everybody is now kowtowing to China. And what ends up happening, nobody wants to take that first bullet. Nobody wants to stand up and put their money and their career on the line like Kirk Flood did, for better or worse, many years ago when he gave yeah. up his career for free agency. Nobody wants to stay. All you need is five quarterbacks standing up and saying, we're not taking a knee till we get this thing discussed. Or five star athletes saying, we're not going to do take this jab until we, uh, both sides, are put on the table. Well, you know, Aaron Rodgers, did that. Aaron Rodgers did that. And I'm surprised that that didn't create a positive domino effect in a way. And they attacked him left and right. Wasn't enough people. You need more. To me, you got a guy that uh, Hall of Famer, first time ballot, once he retires for the Green Bay Packers, quarterback, stud, animal, Super Bowl winner, comes out and says this about the whole the whole pandemic and about the shots. And I thought, okay, good. This is going to open the door for us other athletes. And they didn't do it. And I thought, wow, this Paycheck. is amazing. Money. Look, I was just on, I was just on an airline um, in the flight. Flight attendant walked up to me and she got down. She hunched down. And she said, "I love what you stand for. I like what you do. I'm one of the few people that do." With my husband and I, he's a pilot. We wouldn't take the jabs. We didn't want to take the jabs. We wanted to find out about the safety first. They rushed this thing through. They fired me. They fired her husband. A year and a half later, we're back now. But you know, I got people now won't fly with me. The other flight attendants are. I'm going. This is so childish. This is like. It's, but it's become, it's a very weird religion. It's fanatical, weird religion with this whole, my new swear word in the golf course is Fauci. That's my new <laughs> so. Kevin, 
Kevin, I'll tell you how bad. I, I live in Long Island, New York, and I remember about this is long after this thing. And by the way, nobody dies anymore. You notice that people, if they die, they're dying of vaccine, not a virus. The worst thing, the, the thing that bothers me is seeing women walking around with their little kids oh. with these masks. However, the hey. worst I ever saw in my neighborhood, a woman actually walked her dog and the dog had a mask on. Oh my God. I kid you not. People are nuts. I'm telling you, people. It's it's crazy though. It's crazy. I had a home and I had a home out in Long Island for years. My wife and I. She's a New Yorker. We we got rid of it in 2000s. We got rid of it. I mean, uh, 20 2020. So we got rid of it just at the right time. Right. But it's. Uh, I I look at this. I I walk to the airports and I see these three and five year old kids with masks and I walk by and I go child abuse and I say yes that loud child abuse because it is. What they have a 99.999 percent chance of survival. They have a stronger immune system than all of us. Mm-hmm. You can point out the numbers that the majority of people pass from this. It's horrible. I'm not saying it's not a bad thing, but even Johns Hopkins University, a liberal university, came out and said that the numbers have been inflated by 10 times. It's maybe 150,000 people have died from this. But they're writing down everything COVID now because the government was paying $39,000 for each COVID death and 19,000 for each COVID case in the hospital, paying them to say it. So they were in, they were. In, Look, if you're going to pay me $39,000 to lie, I'll lie every day constantly until I raise enough money to make, do my next movie that has a positive. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy what we're doing, and people need to wake up to this thing because it's just – how long are we going to let this go on? And you're right. You, you don't really hear about it anymore. Was it bad? Yes, it's bad, but it's, it so is the flu. How come we've had a flu vaccine for going on 80 years now? And they change a little bit every year, but it's still a flu shot. And millions of people that take it every year. We still average around 50,000 people here die from the flu. Well, in 2020, either 2020 or 2021, it was only 500 people. So the last thing that got me kicked off, that was the final straw for, for Zuckerberg and Facebook. I said, apparently COVID has cured the flu. Mm-hmm. Now, well, that's just, they can't even take sarcasm, these guys. They have no sense of humor. But, right. And, and know, somebody posted well, like, there, go ahead. Thousand. How does it go from 50,000 down to 500? Come on. Right. Come on, people. Wake up. And and somebody posted something about uh, smoke cigarettes because nobody dies from cancer anymore. You know, <laughs> so but uh, there's something you said that kind of woke me up because uh, you're on another show. You're on with Dr. John Diamond. And you said Uh-oh. you said you don't want to wake up sheep. You want to wake up lions. Yeah. And that really struck with me because, see, waking up sheep, they're still going to go back. So explain, wrap that well, down. I, I just said, you know, this, we have the number of sheep in the world is just massive. And they're willing to follow anything. The great God of, you know, that's what government, government thinks they're God. They think they're God. And they think they know what's better for you than you know for yourself. And we know what's better for ourselves and our families than any government does. Um, that brings the great Reagan quote, right? The words to fear, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, I, just, I just said, look, I need, I've had so many people come up to me over the last two years. That either are working with me in the movie that we're currently filming or um, bump into at, a, at an event and they say, hey, thanks for being a voice for us. And I go, why don't you be a voice? Well, I don't want to happen to me, you know, what happened to you happened to me. I, I, I like to work and I'm not going to name names because I'm not going to, it's not my business to tell these, you know, expose these people. But, you know, because they're friends and I look at it and go, well, that's kind of sad to me because I'm still working. Granted, I'm not doing $50 million movies, $100 million movies, but 
I'm, you know, doing movies that still have a positive message and I'm still doing what I love to do. I love to create a process. I love being on the set. Uh, but I get people come all the time. And that's when I said, you know, we got to wake up the lions because I know these guys are lions underneath it all. Uh, they, we got to get past this fear factor that's it's controlling everybody's lives. And that's why I said it. I hear you. And uh, speaking about your movies, you got several in the can, so to speak. You got a couple documentaries. You're filming five movies this year, I think you told me. Yeah. Tell people about your company, your movies, what type of movies you're making and what you have in the can and what you have coming up. Okay, well, the best place to go is SorboStudios.com. Sorbo, my last name, Studios, as in Studios.com. Sign up. We'll let you up to date for everything going on. Um, I've got two movies directed that I directed that are coming out this year, or late this year, early next year. One is called Miracle in East Texas. It's a true story set in 1930. Um, it's got, uh, I'm in it along with John Ratzenberger, who was awesome in this mm -hmm. movie. Lou Gossett Jr., who's amazing. Um, Tyler Maine, people know him from the WWF world, but he's also Jason with the mask and all those horror films. He was he was great. True story about two con men that went through Oklahoma and Texas in 1930, right in the heart of the Depression, wooing widows out of their money on, on fake oil wells. They would sell 500% of the share. They'd never get away with it today, of course. But back then, then they go to the next town, do it again, and they accidentally strike oil. It's not, a, it's not giving anything away. It's called Miracle in East Texas, but it's a great, wonderful movie. The other movie I did is called uh, that I directed as well as Left Behind, based off the 80 million bestseller books. One Dallas mm -hmm. Jenkins' father, Jerry Jenkins, and uh, Mr. LaHaye wrote those books. They sold 80 million copies. This one is the next chapter. I took over the, the um, Nicolas Cage role from the one that came out about seven years ago. Yeah. It's called Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. Um, I finished the Reagan movie with Dennis Quaid, with Sean McNamara directing, who also directed us in Soul Surfer. That movie would be out probably January, February. Uh, uh, Dennis Quaid plays the president. I play his pastor in it. Then I've got two documentaries that I produced that are coming out. Uh, I just spent three weeks in Israel filming one, um, dealing with the uh, sort of modern day uh, Indiana Jones. We were searching for the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle through um, uh, archaeological digs. It was fascinating. I love documentaries, so I highly recommend it. The other one I narrated only. Um, it's a great one. Dennis Miller's company, Ingenuity Films, and it deals with The Last Supper. And it's called Eating with the Enemy. I love this title, Eating with the Enemy. Last, a year and a half ago, I did another one with the same group called Before the Wrath. It deals with the rapture. I highly recommend it. Go right now, beforetherath.com. Take a look at it. It was a number one documentary on Amazon for five months last year. It's great. Um, I've got a movie coming up. There. I'm, I'm going to be in a zombie movie finally. After all these years, I'm doing a zombie movie. <laughs> and then I've got a vampire movie. This vampire movie is really cool. The script is awesome. I play this. 800 year old uh, vampire and it was just so I like to mix it up, you know, but it's, it mm -hmm. was it's a very interesting uh, one. And then I've got um, a race car movie called Speed Shift that we're filming in Minnesota later this year. Yeah. People go to SorboStudio.com and you can Studios. see. Say it again. Studios. Put an S at Studios. Sor SorboStudios.com and you can see everything Kevin is involved in. One thing Kevin is involved in that we're both very, very uh, passionate about is the right to life. Uh, as a born-again believer, follower of Jesus Christ, when Jesus says, what you do to the least of me, to what you do to the least of these, you do to me. One talking about black people, people, the least are the unborn babies in the womb. Remember, Herod, Herod tried to whack the baby Jesus. Pharaoh tried to whack the baby Moses. God does not like it. 
Two covenants in the garden, the sanctity of life after Cain killed Abel and the sanctity of marriage when he married Adam and Eve and say the two shall be what come one flesh. You notice one flesh. The left goes after both of them. Please explain your fierceness support of the unborn in the world. Um, I've been doing a lot of speaking events over the last uh, 12 years. And um, the pro-life is one that's very near and dear to my heart. I've already done about four of those this year. I got another three lined up. And uh, it's 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 uh, it's murder. It's as simple as that, guys. It's Amen. A, it's the life. It's the life. I get I see people that are just passionate about saving sea turtles and saving trees, but they have no problem killing a human being. Um, I just did a uh, narration for an animation based off a real life situation where the sonogram guy was pulled into this room, didn't realize it was going to be an abortion, and watched this uh, seven month old baby inside this woman try to run away from the forceps and the, and the cutting tools in the womb. The pain is real. The pain is there. And that's a life that he saw. It, he was devastated. And he just, he walked out of that room and was so angry. He was brought in to witness that. But it, it woke him up to the reality of what abortion really is. And we really need to uh, show, I can't wait till it comes out. I'm hoping it comes out in the next month or two. Um, I'm sure it will get attacked, but you're going to look at it and, and see exactly uh, what this, what this, uh, the sonogram saw when he was in that room with the doctor. I mean, it's unbelievable. So yeah, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep doing that fight, and uh, I, uh, I it's it's just amazing to me. We've killed closing on 65 million lives in this country since Roe v. Wade, and people get so upset about Roe v. Wade. You know, you still most states are still gonna pass it. Mm-hmm. Half will still have it. They just don't like the inconvenience that they have to get in a car and drive to commit murder. Now that's the problem. That's what upsets them. But uh, that was one of the things I posted on my Twitter page. Follow me on Twitter, KSORBS, Case S-O-R-B-S, my nickname Sorbs, all my buddies. And I do a lot of sarcastic things. And one of the things I posted I said about pro, uh, pro-life and abortion, I said, hey, you had sex. What were you expecting? A flat screen TV? There you go. There you go. I hear you. You know, <laughs> and it, it's, it's sad. Maybe you can tell me because I'm not a part of that Hollywood sect, but why Hollywood and the left in particular is this a holy grail to to I have this right? I don't know. I don't know why that becomes such a main. There are so many more important issues in the world than 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 murder, of killing your baby. By the way, my computer's really low here. I hope if I go out on you, I apologize. Okay. Um, I really so low on power, but um, I, I find it so weird when education is horrible. It's horrible. Um, helping out the homeless, helping out. There's so many other areas we can go to. The economy, helping out the middle class, because we're we are dividing it. The middle class is 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 going. It's all going further away now. You know, we're we're becoming that communist country, and that's what it is. You got the elite, elite, then you got the mass down here. Um, so uh, I I I so many more issues that are important, more important than abortion. You've got that right, Kevin. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Tell people how they can reach you and anything you'd like to promote. Once again, to SorboStudios.com. They can go on there. All my DVDs are on there if you want an autograph thing. My books are on there. I got True Strength and True Faith. My uh, two books are out there. Um, it's combined with my wife's because she does a lot of homeschool advocating. She speaks across the country. She's got about six books out. She's uh, far more busier than I in that, in that world. And, uh, yeah, just I hope, I hope people um, will spread the word when these movies come out because we need to put – you know, movie, movie owners, movie theater owners don't care what they show. They want to sell sodas and popcorn. So we need that opening weekend. We need people to show up and support these movies that don't have a $100 million advertising budget. So you see the commercial 10 times a day on TV. Um, we're just, we need people to support movies with a positive message is what we need.
Well, you're right about that. Kevin, thanks for coming on. You're always welcome to come back. God bless you. God bless your wife and your family. And uh, don't let them grind you down. Keep All up right. the great work. Thank you. Appreciate it. God bless, guys. God bless. Kevin Sorbo, everybody. Hercules himself doing Herculean type things that really matter for God, family, country, and constitution. I want to thank Kevin Sorbo for shining a bright spotlight and stepping into it to provide such keen insight on so many problems troubling to all Americans. Kevin is an upfront and personal example of how to respond when a door gets slammed in your face. Open another one. The most requested guest by listeners prior to appearing on this podcast, if our project wasn't quite enough for you, don't fret. Shortly after our recording, Kevin was talking sequel, so he will be back. This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. Well, that's it for now, friends. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Binford, saying, God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America.